We learned a lot from the Chargers' first preseason game, and today we're talking about the big winners like Josh Kelly and Chris Rumpf and how the Chargers' 2022 draft class fared in their first taste of live action. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons, but we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen after the Chargers first preseason game. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, so much to get to after that first preseason game. I think we saw some separation in some position battles, and we definitely saw some young guys step up, and I think saw some young guys develop over the last season under Brandon Staley and his coaching staffs. Tutoids like Chris Rump and Josh Kelly being two big examples of that. Michael Bandy showed out, and he was probably the best offensive player. And you have someone like Morgan Fox who really showed the best interior pressure of the night, which is a big case for him going forward in that defensive line rotation, but also the rookies, David, like Zion Johnson, who played well, Isaiah Spiller playing well, and also some guys who had some moments to learn from, and probably not overreacting to guys like Dean Leonard and JT Woods after some really rough performances. But today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. But David, when you saw this game, what was the one player that really stood out to you the most this is obviously a showcase for some of these guys to show that he deserved either bigger roles right or deserve to be on this team where would you go yeah I mean I think my mind just immediately goes to Josh Kelly I mean Josh Kelly was a guy that when we went to training camp we noticed that this guy looks bigger this guy looks like he's in fantastic shape and he was having a great training camp he was really going out there and and making a lot of plays and we really I wanted to see how that was going to translate to on field action and it he looks the part on the field as well he was really making plays he was decisive he looked physical he had some acceleration and burst josh kelly to me looked like a different man yeah he did i mean and i said that i remember after the first day i was just like he just looks like a different you know physical body composition he just looks no doubt you know in better shape and i mean it showed he looked more explosive he made a couple people miss he was the chargers best running back in the first preseason game, he averaged over five yards a carry. He looked really good as a receiver, looked way better in the open field. And I just think you're seeing him turn a corner and getting some of that confidence back that he obviously lost after that first, you know, couple of games, his rookie year where he hadn't been the same since. I mean, David, it's hard to have a much worse preseason than Josh Kelly had. I mean, we were talking about it before the show. I mean, last <sighs> preseason in 2021, he had 18 carries. For 30 yards that's a 1.6 yard per carry average that's but also Larry Roundtree averaged like almost nine yards per carry in the first preseason game (laughs) last year so obviously things can change but for Josh Kelly it was just great to see him really stepping up and trying to take that RB2 spot and in this game he did create some separation there he looked like the best back and he looked like he was ready to have a larger role something we haven't thought at all since Brandon Staley took over so that's great to see but how do you not talk about Chris Rump early on in the show too, right, David? Because yes. he's a guy who's not even – he's not battling for a roster spot. His roster nah. spot is basically secured. But he is going to play some meaningful snaps on this defense. 
and he looked like he was ready. I think when you have veterans like this returning and a second-year player like Chris Brump, who obviously put on some good weight and made some major strides in the offseason, to have confidence that he's going to be a guy that you're going to feel good with if either Joey Bosa or Khalil Mack step off the field. And at least in this game, he was probably one of the most impressive defenders they had out there, had a tackle for loss and a sack very early on in this game. And I just came away super impressed with him. Chris Rumpf, as Joey Bosa put it so eloquently, went from a string bean to an asparagus. And that added weight and that strength definitely showcased itself on the field on Saturday night against the Rams. He was everywhere. And I put that on, on, on Twitter because it felt like Chris Rump was in on every single major play, like positive defensive play that the Chargers made. He was able to to shun off a tight end and nail a guy in the back backfield for a two-yard loss. He was able to, to bull rush a, a left tackle into the quarterback and swallow that quarterback up for a sack. Chris Rump looked like a dude that you feel like is instilling confidence in his coaches that he's going to be able to go out there and provide adequate play uh, this year. And that's what they were looking for. They were looking for him to develop from his rookie year to his second year. And he definitely looks like he has put himself in position to have a very good sophomore season. Yeah. And especially with the linebacking unit in disarray right now and not knowing how much Kyle Van Noy is going to bring to the edge group. I think that's a huge sign for the chargers. And I mean, he got off the field early and I think that was indicative of how the chargers felt of his performance, but I'm glad he brought up his sack because it was directly caused by Morgan Fox, who also yes. made a statement in this first game in live action. Hadn't heard a ton about him in training camp. He comes into this game and gets three pressures, gets the pressure that leads to Chris Rump's sack. I mean, he bull rushes the guard, gets right in and has a hand basically on the quarterback's leg by the time Chris Rump just got there. locked the guard back, just absolutely totally. dominated him. And on Chris Rump's worst night, or worst play of the night, when he whiffed on a sack that it, him and a mech egg boy should have had, uh. it was the originally the pressure by Morgan Fox that made him, you know, start to bounce around and made him a wide open target for multiple Chargers defenders. But the tackling is not going to make it onto the list of big winners today. But Morgan Fox definitely doing something and maybe creating some separation and being that defensive tackle that comes in, especially on passing down situations. Morgan Fox was a guy that actually made his presence known. He was a guy yeah. that was connecting his pass rush moves and he was, he was making plays. He was getting pressure on the quarterback. That's what he was brought in here to do. He is an inside pass rush specialist. Yeah. That's exactly what and Morgan Fox <laughs> is and they need it. And he showcased why they brought him in. They rewarded some of that faith, at least early on here in the preseason, Morgan Fox looking good. Yeah, and I mean, they really, really need that interior pass rush from somebody. And I think Sebastian Joseph Davis is going to bring some of it. But after that, a lot of these guys who are brought in, you know, like Austin Johnson, might to be a run-stopping specialist. And Braden Fehoko, who I think had a really, really good game, deserves to be mentioned in this conversation as well. He's not known for his pass rushing ability. He's not. He's really a run defender first and foremost. Morgan Fox should have a role, especially if you have obvious passing down situations. It's between him and Tillery right now. It wasn't Tillery who came away with the edge after the first preseason game because he played as well. Nothing from him. But there is one more guy we have to mention, David, and it is Michael Bandy because that dude is trying to make himself uncuttable. He is trying to go for a roster spot for basically wide receiver six, which didn't exist when the Chargers opened things up with their initial 53-man roster last year. But he's doing everything he can to make them keep an extra one this year. Well, hey, I mean, you look at Michael Bandy, especially on that touchdown, you look at that whip route and you're like, man, that looks an awful lot like Hunter Renfro there. 
I mean, he has that quickness. He has that precise route running. I'm not trying to compare these two. Obviously, Hunter Renfro had a phenomenal year for the Raiders last year, but you can just see that. You can see that application in the offense, and he was all over the place. He showcased strong hands, some good speed, and he was all over the place the entire night. He had seven catches for over 70 yards receiving, and that touchdown I talked about where he basically jogged into the end zone because he beat the defender so badly. Yeah, and I mean, I had put out a tweet at one point just like, I think he smoked every single Rams DB (laughs) in this game because it didn't seem like it mattered where he lined up. He was making plays all over the field. And, you know, when someone like Chase Daniel was saying, hey, that's a quarterback's best friend right there, that's obviously high praise and means you're doing something right. And for someone like Michael Bandy, for such a long shot like that, these are the type of performances you have to have. You have to be Austin Eckler, right? You have to. Yeah. Make them not be able to cut you because they know somebody. You got to be the best player on the field, and for sure that night. I mean, that seemed like it was Michael Bandy. Yeah, and I mean, there's some other players, David, who deserve recognition here, and we'll get into them more when we get more into these position battles. But Joe Reed had a really good game in this one. It was nice to see him pop back up. Happy. That was really nice to see Brayden Fehoko, Easton Stick. I mean, that I thought he looked really improved as well. He did. Troy Reader, I was very pleasantly surprised by that dude was filling holes and laying the lumber, laying. a absolutely massive hit on pretty much anybody he went up against yeah it seemed like that guy hit like a mac truck and it just seemed like he knew exactly where he's supposed to be in this brandon staley's defense and i was pretty surprised at how mature some of these chargers rookies looked in their first game and there was also a lot of rookie growing pains as well but you don't have to count zion johnson there who i thought looked as advertised in his first week we're going to get into how the rookies fared in the chargers 2022 draft class with Zion Johnson having a really positive game, Isaiah Spiller having a really positive game, and much more before getting into some guys. We're going to need a bounce back in preseason week number two, but I do need to tell you guys about something very important to me, though, and that is BetterHelp, because BetterHelp is something that I think, especially as dudes in football dudes, I think a lot of people can let therapy and things like that, and their mental health really get going sometimes and just not really take it seriously and it's something especially during covid that i started taking a lot more seriously and i love better help because it is a remote way to get the therapy that you need without having to go through the trouble of having you know, having to drive somewhere you can get it at your house whenever you want and the best thing to me is how easy it was to set up you know they can ask you what you're dealing with and that's so important to be honest and just be able to open up to someone and also finding the right match for you it's so easy to find someone new if you want to try a new therapist if you want to you know, kind of test things out to see which therapy is best for you. That's where BetterHelp comes in and is really, really good. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You're not stuck to the normal office hours you are with going into an actual therapist's office. And it's more affordable than the traditional online therapy or offline therapy. And the financial aid is available. If you need it, you can get some through BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a great way to invest yourself. Visit their website and read the testimonials that are posted all over the place. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they have additional recruits that they've had to bring in to help everybody out. And they have a special offer right now for our listeners. If you guys go to BetterHelp, you can get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn. All right, David, we talked about the biggest winners, and there was a lot from this game, even in a game that you lose, right? You just learn so much about these young guys in these games and nobody more than these rookies because as good as a camp as you can have all the things you can do leading up to that first preseason game when the live bullets are coming at you it's a completely different thing and it becomes much more serious you are thrown into the fire and the spotlight is on you 
especially if you're the Chargers first round pick like Zion Johnson, right? Because he had a lot of expectations. If you take a position like that early in the first round, in the middle of the first round, I mean, you need that player to be a very good player. And for Zion Johnson, he's going to be asked to come in and start at right guard right away for the Chargers. There's no competition there. It's Zion Johnson and everybody else. So it was really nice, David, to see him come out and be as advertised. I really liked Zion Johnson's game in the first preseason game of the season. Didn't play a ton, but I was really impressed with what he did when he was out there. Yeah, save for one play where he he did get a little bit beat by an inside counter. Yeah, he move. got very beat, but yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be generous here. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to sugarcoat a little bit. He did get beat kind of badly on that play, but outside of that, he looked like he was the guy we thought he was. He looked like a guy who was very very stout in pass protection. A guy who was looking for help had had his head on a swivel. A guy who was a road grader in the running game. He just. You just get so excited because you're like, man, that's the guy I saw on tape in college. That's the guy that the Chargers brought in. You feel really good about how he is going to get plugged in next to Corey Lindsley and and Matt Filer. And and you feel really good about what he is going to do here in his rookie season. Yeah. And I mean, it seemed like the communication was there. It seemed like all that stuff was right where it should be, especially early on for a young player like Zion Johnson. It didn't seem like he was ever out of position. No. He did get beat one-on-one one time, right? And, I mean, that's something that's going to happen. It's a valuable learning experience. Absolutely. The ball got away before it was even enough to can be considered a pressure by pro football focus. But let's not get started on pro football focus because if you're going off the grade for them on Zion Johnson's first game, you would think he's probably the worst rookie in the NFL. If you ever looked – I mean, and it's always hard with these incredibly small sample sizes, but there's just no yeah. way to look at that game and give Zion Johnson, like, a 20 grade for that game. Like the dude didn't give up a pressure. They didn't credit him with any pressures allowed. He pancaked two dudes. He was a finisher in this game. He was super physical. Yeah, I don't pay attention to the PFF grades right here. And no, you, you got to trust your eyes. You got to pay attention to what you see. And what I saw is Zion Johnson belongs. Yeah, I know. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, that's the thing with some of these guys, right? Is you want them to look like they belong, right? And then for certain guys like a Jerry Tillery at this point, right? Or even Morgan Fox, you want them to go dominate guys that Absolutely. they shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be on the field with them kind of a thing. With Zion Johnson, you saw some dominant reps. You saw some very physical reps. You saw him be a finisher and help and knock a guy off of his feet. Yep. You love all of that stuff. And like people get beat all the time on the play that he did get beat. The ball was already out well before anyone could have made a play on it in the backfield. So it's not a huge thing at all, but speaking of a physical presence, that's what I think of when I think of a Jamari Sawyer because that dude was rogue grading people for sure. Another situation, yes. David, with Jamari Sawyer where they've lacked the depth for so long in the offensive line. I'm not going to just say that it's fixed off of one preseason performance, but it's hard to feel much better about these two dudes, him and Zion Johnson, and the interior future for the Chargers after that performance because – Zion Johnson is great. Jamari Sawyer is just huge. I mean, the dude is absolutely massive. And, like, he could just lean on you and you'll fall over. Like, he's just that big and that strong. And, like, that's what you want to see. Yes, he did make some mistakes. But you saw a physically dominant player for some of those reps where it's like the player in front of him just didn't stand a chance. And that's going against a sixth-round rookie. Yeah, I mean, Jamari Sawyer here, when I was watching him in this game, I'm like, okay, like this guy looks like if you needed him to play meaningful snaps for you, I feel comfortable putting him out there. And there, there's not really a lot of times in the past. Living through the growing pains, yeah. Right, yeah, living, obviously, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's perfect here, but 
I feel a lot more comfortable than I would have with several of the depth pieces that the Chargers have had in the past. And potentially some of the there. starters there. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, Senio Calamente just pops uh, in your mind here like, oh, my god. I mean, man, it was Dan Vini. It was Forrest Lamp. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a laundry list of guys that probably shouldn't have been starting. And then you have a guy that's going to be coming in as a backup, at least, you know, in the beginning of his career. And you, you see a lot of traits that make you get excited for what he is going to bring to the offensive line, hopefully for many years to come. One, how many games did the backup right guard play last season? Right. That, that could yeah. be such a meaningful like 12. position. And yeah. like, he has a chance to really solidify himself as that third guard, right? That next yeah. guy off of the bench. And I mean, it was a really good showing towards that. Brendan Heim is another guy who played, played okay. I mean, you know, for sure, nothing crazy there. But I did think the guys who stood out the most were Jamari, Sawyer, Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson. I think those dudes had a really, really good week one in the preseason. But Isaiah Spiller looked great too, David, and it kind of lost him. Maybe this Josh Kelly situation is just how good the rookie did. And I think even though you look and see 10 carries, 34 yards, it's not super impressive. Three and point four yards per carry is not great. But it's what he did in those that I think really showed me some promise. I think the other thing to keep in mind here too is he was working with the worst of those offensive line units, right? He didn't get to run behind Zion Johnson. He did a little bit maybe with Jamari Sawyer, who played a little later than Johnson did, but like it was the much worse of the lines that Josh Kelly was running behind earlier in the game. I saw vision, patience. The cuts were there, David. The footwork and traffic I thought was really good. I was impressed with his first game, even though the stat line might not look like anything to, you know, brag about. Yeah, I, I didn't pay attention to the stat line, and, and I don't pay attention to it too much. You know, I want I want to see the movements. I want to see the hands. I, I want to see the contact balance. I want to see the ability to break tackles. It, it was all there. I mean, he made a really nice catch where he had to make an adjustment kind of. That was a know, really, was really tough air. catch. Like, that's, you know, that's a catch that some receivers really don't make. Yeah. So, you know, to see a 21-year-old rookie come in here and make it look easy, make it look like, you know, he's done it, you know, every single day leading up to this game, you know, you see the work that's been put in. I just, you really can, un you understand and you can really see why the the Chargers are really excited about Isaiah Spiller, especially in between the tackles. This is a guy that just doesn't go down on first contact. He's constantly keeping his legs churning, and I felt like he was a, you know, after obviously a, a bad, you know, first run, after that, you know, it looked like several of those runs were very productive, and you can see why the Chargers were very excited about getting him here in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, he got blown up a couple of times, which hurt the average where there was just nothing there. But sure. I thought he made the most out of his opportunities, and that's all you can ask for. He, there was a couple, seemed like he was pretty close to breaking them, right? And maybe that's yeah. the next step is turning that six-yard gain into a 15-yard gain. Yes. Right? And maybe that takes a second. But, like, didn't seem like the moment was too big for him, even as the youngest player in the entire draft class. And that's just so impressive. Also picked yeah. up a blitz which I put on, on Twitter, you know, that's like catnip for coaching staff. You want to sure get is. trust from your coaching staff, you pass protect, especially when it's Justin Herbert that you're protecting for. But Isaiah Spiller, to me, I thought he passed the test in week one. And it's something where he may have also created some separation between himself and Larry Roundtree, who had just had a pedestrian three carries for eight yards. It seemed like they wanted to get a good look at Spiller. I think they'll continue to, especially knowing, you know, maybe they have someone in Joshua Kelly you know, that they can feel better about as well. Maybe it is, you know, a three running back deep group that they have and obviously led by Austin Eckler. But Isaiah Spiller, that catch, man, I mean, to have to catch a ball behind you, spin around and still have the momentum to gain 10 yards off of that yeah. play is super impressive. I think he could be 
have the Chargers' best hands potentially, even over Austin Eckler at this trajectory at some point. I mean, Austin Eckler obviously catches a ton of passes, has had a few bounce off him as well, but he just has really, really soft hands that like yeah, he does. He, he has receiver like hands, and that took Austin Eckler a little while too, even though sure. he's been great right away. But I was impressed by these guys, and there were a couple of rookies I wasn't as impressed with David. I mean, I was really, really feeling for Dean Leonard. That was a really tough start, and JT Woods. A little bit up and down. I thought there were some things that were worth some promise and showing some promise. And there was a play where he literally tackled a defender or his own defender off of a wide receiver for a 60-yard touchdown. So we'll talk about not overreacting to some bad games by some of these rookies. But, David, if I were to have to bet on it, I think the running back situation right now is probably Eckler, Josh Kelly, Isaiah Spiller in that order, and that is pretty good. But if I am placing a bet, I do it with BetOnline.net, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. And for me, football season is back, so I know what I'm going to be betting on over these next, you know, four months because football is the best time to get in on the action. There's so many good NFL futures that are still going on before the regular season starts. There's live in-game betting, so you can change your fate because sometimes everyone gets into that spot, and I love to be able to change it in real time. So head on, head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action happening today at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David, well, there's always some good and there's always some bad. And we can just, this is the bad segment. Tackling, you know, there was a lot of missed tackles out there today. Penalties. All right, during the game, for sure. Penalties. And and that's, you know, some of those things are to be expected. Common of the first preseason game, yes, for sure. Sure, and, like you know, a lot of lineups and things like that have probably never played together as well. I still think that we got to see a really good evaluation for a lot of players. And there was some players that, we're having kind of quiet camps that came in and struggled early on for the Chargers, including JT Woods, who I think you have to start with him because he's the third round pick. We know in a perfect world, right? He develops to the point where he's the third safety on the field behind his ear, Adderley and Derwin James. And he also brings some things to the back end, like the takeaway ability and the raw speed, which I actually think did show in that first preseason game to yeah. the table. Outside of that, though, David, I mean, it was a pretty rough start for a guy as far as, hey, I'm trying to show this team that I'm ready to get on the field early on in the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the play that you were talking about, uh, about, you know, what happened with the touchdown here, it's it's one of those things that's, hey, you got to have more control there, JT Woods. You got you to gotta understand what's going on. You can't be reckless. It was a wild play. Yeah, you, you got you to gotta go for the ball carrier also, and you're the receiver, not, not your own guy. And, and <laughs> you take him out of the play, and then that's the end of it. But also, I want to talk about a positive there with JT Woods, too. You, you know, although the interception that he got was, you know, taken back because of a pass interference, he would have got that interception anyway. If that if that pass interference did not happen, he was already he was still in the right place. You saw the, the, the soft hands. You saw that ability to at least catch the ball because we have seen a couple of safeties, Nas Adderley, that had a ball that literally yeah. went th- right through their hands. So it is nice to see that, but... Yes, the biggest thing, the biggest issue for JT Woods is still the biggest issue, and of course, that is the tackling. Yeah, and that's, you know, what the preseason for him, first and foremost, was about. It's being in the right spot, 
and be able to tackle once you get there. I thought as far as being in the right spot, I think he made some strides in this game. I didn't think he was super out of position. He did find himself in a great position for that interception. He would have had it even without the defensive pass interference from Brandon Sebastian. And it was a bad throw, too. I mean, he was, yeah. it's not like he had to do anything crazy for no. it, but he was in the right place at the right time. Showed the ball skills and the awareness to go up and get it, you know, and play through the play even after you see a flag, things like that. And you see why they were tempted to take him, right? Because he got in position. He didn't show a lot as far as the running game and, you know, laying big hits on running backs or anything. But he has two more games to really show this team, right? And a joint practice session with the Cowboys this week to really show this team that he can get on the field early. I mean, the tools are obviously there. The tools oh, yeah. showed up in preseason game number one. Yeah. It's the trust level that he's going to have to build with this coaching staff that he can make the big tackles when he has to. But he's and not hey, going to tackle his own player. Of course. He's not going to tackle his own player, you know, away yeah. from you know, tackling a receiver before a 60-yard touchdown. That, that was like... There's always a certain level of weird in the preseason yeah. for sure. And that was perfectly embodied on that play because I mean, Dean Leonard, even after he had gotten beat, was still in a good position to make the tackle and kind of still fighting for the ball a little bit. And then he just got yanked off by JT Woods. But I wasn't somebody I felt more bad about than, uh, than Dean Leonard because that yeah. man got some real hype early on in practice, right? At training camp and had some really, really good plays against better people than he was playing in this game, right? I mean, he's been covering yeah. much better receivers than the guys that were oh, headed yeah. out there for the Rams, right? And has yeah. made plays on them. You wouldn't know it if you'd only watched the first preseason game because this was the laundry yeah. list, David, for Dean Leonard. It was a long list that included getting beat on a 60-yard touchdown, a pass interference in the end zone that gives the team the ball on the one-yard line. Yeah. And then also hitting the punt returner before the ball arrived yeah. on a punt return as the gunner actually got down the field in good time. I mean, a second later, we're all probably freaking out about that hit. He just got there a second too early and then ended up giving up another touchdown as well. I mean, it's hard to imagine a worse start for Dean Leonard. I'm not totally writing this kid off yet at, by any means, but a lot of teachable moments there to say the least. If you just took all of those things that you just mentioned at face value, you'd go, oh, man, you need to cut this guy right away. But then you actually put the tape on and you watch him. He was in position a lot. He was right there. He was in phase, as Brandon Staley likes to put it. He was glued to the receivers. Just one major problem that plagued Michael Davis in the beginning of his career. He could not turn his head around to locate the football. If you do not turn your head around to locate the football, you are going to get called for pass interference every single time. You just can't do that. And hey, that is what is great is that it's happening right now here in preseason game one. They're going to get this tape and they're going to show it to him and they're going to coach him up because, hey, you love the fact that he was there. He was in positions a lot of the times, but that thing, that one thing, that turning the head around, that can be coached. We have seen Michael Davis make strides doing that. He needs to go back to doing that. But for Dean Leonard, this is great teaching tape for him. He's going to get better. And this is where he needs to make his mistakes so they can improve upon them. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to find dudes who can cover well in general. Yeah. Right. And as far as coverage goes, he was right there. And that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, he was in position to make a play on Every one of the worst plays that he had during this game, he was there and yeah. could have made a giant play. And we could be talking about, oh, my God, how is this dude not going to take the team or make the team as a seventh round pick because of how well he did. But 
that's not a small thing to be able to just be in those positions. Like, yeah. Think about how many times last year where it was just dudes running wide open with five yards of separation, right? That's not what was happening. Yeah, with in this Chris game Harris having his hands in the air going, I don't know what's going on. Totally. I mean, it was there was sticky coverage all over the field. I mean, even the, you know, Asante Samuel Jr. pass interference, like he was right there step for step with the receiver. A lot of those situations, I mean, you know, where the Chargers just didn't execute in the final phase, you know, in the, yeah. the deep part of the field when yeah. the ball was in the air. That comes with time. This is a dude who's super inexperienced, was literally yes. playing college football in Canada right. only a couple raw. of years ago and has one year of borderline starting experience in the SEC, which is great experience to have. This dude was going to be a project all along. The fact that you've even seen some real flashes of the dude playing well at times is, I think, a really great sign for his development. I'm not going to say he's not going to make the team or make the team today. Obviously, he has a long way to go before the Chargers would be able to trust him to put him on the field. But we're talking about tools with JT Woods. I see the tools with Dean Leonard. I see why they're intrigued with this guy. I'm not going to write it off or overreact after one preseason performance. I think there's a lot of really, really good things there to work with. Yeah, I agree, Daniel. And, and that's the thing is, is hey, I mean, we see all of these performances, but we all also have to keep in mind the, the quality of competition that they're going up against and their experience level. And, you know, Dean Leonard's a rookie. This is his first game in the NFL, you know, and, and it's in the pre- in preseason action. Yeah. So you want to make all these mistakes right now so they can correct them, coach them up and get them ready for the regular season. So, you know, it's going to happen. It's expected that these rookies are going to have some room to grow. Yeah, and you have to give them that. And that's what the nice thing is about the Chargers this year specifically is there's less of a need to get a lot of these young guys on the field right away. You don't need your sixth and seventh round rookies to come in and contribute for you right away. Maybe have a role on special teams. And I think both did good and bad things in that. Jasir Taylor and Tito Aboni are the only guys. Oh, and Xander Horvath, he deserved to be in the what went right section, I guess, of this preseason recap. But as far as the other guys, it just wasn't really enough to put them in either category for Tito Abonia and for Jasir Taylor. Jasir Taylor missed a tackle on the goal line where he had it lined up, kind of got slid off by a Mecca boy a little bit, and yeah. also had a really nice special teams tackle too. So I think some positive things there. For Tito, I thought he held his ground better than he did in college in this first yeah. game. I mean, it wasn't you know shedding guys and making big plays in the backfield or anything like that, but he didn't look super out of place either. He wasn't getting driven back like five yards or anything. That would make you think like, uh oh, like this dude isn't isn't ready for what he's going. Yeah, he up maintained against. his ground, and and I mean that was positive to see. Yeah, and it wasn't a given by any means with the Chargers' defensive line of last year. That's a very mm-hmm. deep group, and I mean when you're talking about all of these things, right? All of these things have roster consequences. All of these things either bring your stock up or your stock down for where you stand on this team and what your role is going to be on the team. So even though we talked about the biggest stories from the preseason game today. Tomorrow, we will be getting into camp updates, right? Some guys who did raise their stock, some guys who lost some of it, right? I would put Jerry Tillery probably in that category. I mean, Braden Fehoko, I think, might have even made some separation with some of those defensive tackles at the end of the roster. And what's happening with the right tackle situation? What's happening in the wide receiver room with a lot of expectations? There's a lot more to get to from this preseason game that we're going to get to tomorrow. But to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. You can find me on Twitter for all of my latest updates and to find the show every day at Dan Talk Sports. And the same thing for David Drogemeyer at DroTalkSD and his DMs are always open. We always post the show on our show's Twitter page as well, at LockdownLAC. Made it to 4,000 followers. Thank you guys for that. 
that was really awesome to see. And we appreciate you guys and appreciate all of your support always. But you can also find the show on all of our social media, like at Locked On Chargers on Instagram and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. If you guys want to get your reactions into the first preseason game, you can do that at the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. Tim, we always try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. And we'll try to get some fan stuff going throughout the week as we kind of settle in to how these preseason recaps and things like that are going to go. But after next week, we'll probably do a live show after, even if it's at like 11 p.m. and get it out a little bit quicker to you guys. But tomorrow we will be back with how everything else shook out as far as the Chargers depth chart and their position battles. But make sure you guys are here for that. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.